Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. My name is Isaiah. And my name is Riley. So I assume you gave up on the East Coast uh, phrase yeah. thing. I mean, there's lobster in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> and you still said it with a cowboy accent. <laughs> there's lobster in their pots. <laughs> Them their pots. In their pots. <laughs> what does it mean, though? Uh, means soup's on. Yep. Lobster's which cooking. I think is a... I don't know. Soup's on is... I think it's just a colloquial phrase. Yeah. When the soup is on. When food is ready. Yep. Speaking of food being ready, people are stealing Lego bricks. Mm. And uh, it has to something to do with the black market. We're going to talk about that. Cool. We're also going to talk about if we are living in a simulation. Also, I have <laughs> some uh, random questions. Okay. And I need your answer in one word. Yep. You got it. But back to the big questions. Apparently, I was reading this article, and there's a there's a problem going on at Lego Corp, and um, <laughs> the Guardian reported on it, and then NPR took that article and made it for Americans. Nice. So and now we're taking that secondhand article and making it thirdhand news. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then, how we roll here. And then you will take this information yep. and say it in passing to your friends. Yep. And that's how information gets yep. passed. Fourth hand. Fourth hand news is about as good as it gets. Yep. So basically, people are stealing Legos because Legos are expensive. Mm -hmm. There's this dude um, in Oregon who was arrested by local police because he stole $7,500 worth of Lego sets. <laughs> and the reason is because there's all sorts of limited edition and collector versions of Lego sets. Yep. So you've seen these. They're like hundred of, hundreds of dollars yep. worth of Lego sets, and they're like the Star Wars version or the Harry Potter version. or I'm sure they're, they're the ones that are worth a lot of money are right. less popular. But the point is, it's just like any other collectible item. They're worth money, and... People are stealing them to resell them. Right. And it, the article briefly mentions the black market. And people have mentioned the black market in other conversations that I've been having uh, in the last couple of months. And it's begun to bother me, that phrase, the black market. Mm. Because I, they talk about it, people, yeah, people in the general talk about it like it's this place that you go. Right. Like instead of typing in Amazon.com, you yeah. type in blackmarket.com. Right. Oh, yeah, the black market, it's right next to Target. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's not, black mar the black market is not one place. Yeah. A black market is just a place to buy or sell goods or services that is... I illegal in some way right so i'm reading this article from investopedia which mm. if you're not familiar with investopedia and you have any questions about anything about money or investments or anything related to currency in any way <laughs> i in any way i highly recommend investopedia i not also a sponsor. highly recommend investopedia anyway they have this article about what makes a market black and whether it's always illegal or and whether it's always bad which is in interesting so there's a lot of different examples that it gives some of them kind of shifted my perspective on black markets because mm -hmm. of course when you think of a black market you probably think of 
uh, you know, weapons or drugs or selling human organs or slave labor, like really intense stuff. Stuff that, of course, it would need to be on the black market because it is strictly illegal in America and in a lot of places. Right. But black markets exist um, for a lot of different reasons. For example, in California, it's illegal to sell foie gras. Hmm. And so if you sell foie gras in California, like you get it from some somewhere else, whether it be from Canada or I think maybe in other states, you can get it and you bring it in and sell it at a farmer's market or something. That's the black market. Um, a lot of other places do it to avoid sales tax or other um, limitations that governments set. Um, so there's a couple of different conditions that create black markets like licensures or trade blocks or regulations. So another big example is with taxi medallions. So for example, in New York, in order to operate a taxi business, you have to buy a, a license, which is called a medallion. But those licenses cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hmm. So if you want to, if you're an entrepreneur making it in America and you yeah. want to start a taxi business, you first have to buy a license that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's crazy. So you can't compete with Uber yeah. and Lyft, which operate outside of taxi licensure. Right. So maybe you just don't get a taxi license, right. a taxi medallion. That's, oh, that's the black market. You are operating a black market taxi, taxi business. business. It's like the lamest black market business there is. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily what you think of, which yeah. is like you know, trading drugs and weapons yeah. and prostitution, but yeah. it's still technically a black market. So a lot of, a lot of um, regulations create them like that, um, or, al or else governments will impose price ceilings or shortages or yeah. things like that to create them, or rationing, or create um, underground economies. So you can buy pretty much anything that you normally would um on the regular market on the black market as well um for example you can buy um like traditionally sold items at different it, at illegal prices right. or through illegal sellers right. and that would technically be the black market as well right. um also things that count as the black market would be buying a fake eBay account to obtain uh, things that have uh, limits, right? To be like, you can only buy one of this thing, so you right. buy another eBay account, so you can buy two or more. Or when people buy Instagram followers, right. like bots, to to create perceived popularity. That's right. technically. I mean, you're buying a fake thing that you. There's not a real market for Instagram followers, right? So you're buying something that is not on the real market, i.e., it's the black market. So there are some, like, cases for the black market um, saying that in goods such as marijuana, which, while technically illegal in a lot of places, do arguably improve, arguably improve the quality of life, like to alleviate pain for people, um, which can't be found in some legal pharmaceuticals. Um, but 
the regulation on that is really complicated and the supply of how that would happen and um, the regulation on the quality of the marijuana that you would get on the black market versus through some other more legitimate means, like with through a medical licensure, um, it just doesn't necessarily, it's a difficult uh, argument to make to say that there shouldn't be any, reg, there should be no regulations on the black market. Um, but like I said, a lot of times taxes create them as well. But really, the the bottom line is that any time that there are regulations or taxes, there will be black markets. Right. Which is kind of an interesting concept to me that right. anything that is taxed could have a black market mm -hmm. for it. Like candles right. <laughs> have taxes on them. So there's probably a black market for taxless candles. Right. Um, and this got me thinking about the dark web, which I probably mm. will probably talk about at some point, yes. but the black, the black market and the dark web are two separate things. Right. And you don't necessarily have to go on the dark web to access the black market right. and vice versa. But I'm sure that the black market has positively benefited from the dark web yeah. and that it has streamlined the process for, those kind of more extreme, grotesque, right. morally questionable things right. happening through black markets. Right. And all of this was spurred on by my interest in people stealing Legos. <laughs> so then you're saying there's probably a black market for Legos. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. why people are stealing them yeah. and trading them. I, I mean, there's a reason that. I'm sure that Legos have a limit to how many you could buy. You probably can't buy every right. single, every single, <laughs> every single Lego limited edition right. Barbie Dreamland Castle or whatever. Right. But if you create 3,000 different eBay accounts yeah. through a bot writer and then purchase them all and then sell them at a 600% markup right. on some other website, that technically would be the black market. Right. So, black market, all around us. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if I somehow have interacted with it on accident just right. in my life. I mean, like, a lot of places will pay cash under the table for stuff, and that's yeah. technically the black market for services. Yeah, know? like when, when those guys are outside of Home Depot and you, yeah. like, hire them to work for you for the yeah. day, that's the black market because yeah. they're not paying like sales tax yeah. or, or uh, income tax. Or even like if you tip like a coffee shop barista in cash, like sometimes that'll not be reported yeah. as income. That's the black market. Yeah. So there you go. You pro I probably did it today, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the black market. Yeah. I mean, it's happening all over the place and it's not as... Nef Ugh, I hesitate to say this. I was going to say it's not as nefarious as it seems, but it... All of the nefariousness that's associated with it yeah. is true, yeah. but there is as much non-nefarious right. if stuff, not more. Probably. Which is why it's kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, a misnomer to call it like the black market. Like it's just people right. trading 
and some of outside them outside of government outside of yeah regulation yeah and some of it like most of it is not nefarious but then there is some that's like super nefarious and right so like lumping it all together can be harmful and it's interesting because you had brought up the like dark web and stuff like that um i think the biggest like dark web marketplace that's most well known was the silk road mm -hmm. um that was like a super famous one you know it got busted in 2013 i think um and it was basically this place where you could you know buy and sell black market type products um but it was regulated in a way so when the creators like developed it i think it was developed in 2010 or 2009 or something like that um and basically like the creators wanted it to be like a safe black market in a way and so they implemented these rules and regulations where you couldn't sell products or things that were meant to harm or defraud people basically um so they were mostly selling you know drugs and stuff like that like marijuana or psychedelics or prescription painkillers which could be argued those do harm people but whatever that's not the point so they were kind of trying to be these like moralistic but also still offering that opportunity right. for people so they didn't allow things like you couldn't pay for someone to assassinate someone. You couldn't sell any weapons or anything. You couldn't, you know, like traffic people, like all of the really horrible stuff that you can picture on the black market. They didn't allow. So their site was mostly just to like buy fake IDs and to get drugs and, you know, maybe avoid taxes or, you know, kind of like stuff like that. They also sold a lot of legal stuff. Like they sold, you know, like Gucci clothes and they sold books and artwork and cigarettes and jewelry and ghost writing like you could buy ghost writing on the dark net like <laughs> that's pretty Just crazy good old-fashioned swindling yeah pretty much so it's interesting that this kind of was like i don't know in a way it's cool because they were trying to make it safe safer than what you could get into you know like you if you I mean try people to, are going to try to buy that stuff regardless yeah. and so if you're trying to buy it you know like off some guy on the street you don't know if it's going to be laced with something you don't know if you're going to get shot like this was a reputable place with tons of users and the cool thing was people had profiles so sellers would have profiles that you could then review so if you get you know like a bad trip because they laced your drugs with something you can review that and warn other people away from it so yeah. in a way it's like kind of trying to bring regulation to a super unregulated market um but of course you know it doesn't last forever and there's you know still nefarious people and it's still generally an illegal thing so yeah it just it gets shut down and that is it is what it is but it's interesting that I think there is room for like kind of a gray market almost where it's mm. not necessarily super bad stuff, you know, but it's things that you can't just buy because of government regulations. And this could apply to, you know, like books or it could apply to music, like especially in places where there's huge government overreach, like in China and it's all censored. Like yeah. I'm sure there's a gray market there for things just like sure. books and news and stuff like that. Um, and I think there's room for, like, that to kind of flourish without it being, like, the nefarious black market. So I think it's interesting, like, the idea of a gray market kind of intrigues me. Like, I wonder what stuff would be on the gray market. Like, what if I want some specific bread from France that's banned here? Or, like, I want to avoid tariffs. Like, I could probably participate in something like that. Like, if I want yeah. Cuban cigars before the ban was lifted, like, get them on the gray market, you know? Um, but I would say black market stuff, like, for things like human trafficking and weapons and stuff like that is no bueno for sure <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's difficult when you start talking about a gray market because yeah. 
the food you the food examples you gave are great. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of vegetables that are regulated be, just because of well, it's it's difficult because you could argue that they're unjustly regulated. Or you could argue that they are justly regulated because they have the potential to carry in like parasites right. or fungi that would be really detrimental to our ecosystem. Totally. And we have we don't have that kind of knowledge. You have to be a botanist and right. be informing of like regulatory agencies to make those kinds of decisions. Right. And that it shouldn't be left up to the individual to have to do that kind of research and make those kinds of decisions. Right. And then you expand that level of specificity to more, even more questionable things. Yeah. Like, even if you just extend it to tobacco products right. like Cuban cigars, yeah, or or then to like drugs from other countries, right. and then to weapons, and then to like services, right? It, I could see how it would get out of hand, yeah. and the gov if the if governments can't even regulate those things to the extent where they just say, all right, no, no, none of that. Right. I don't understand how the five or 10 moderators totally. of the Silk Road attempted to yeah. do it. And it, I mean, it sounds like it didn't work. Like it sounds right. like they had issues and that's kind of why they got too popular, I guess. Not popular, but nefarious or infamous or whatever. It probably just got on a too large of a scale. Yeah. People started using it for... Yep bad reasons. things that cause the government to like go after them yeah but it is interesting i mean like i think there's no easy clear-cut line it's always going to be like a gray area haha <laughs> it makes sense because it's mm -hmm. a gray market but like there's things on the side that you talked about where the government has made decisions that are for the benefit of like its people or for the benefit of the ecosystem or whatever and that's you know then you're being a negative influence and a negative effect on society by using it and then there's other places where the government is the one who's like being the negative effect and you're just circumventing the negative things they've done. So I don't know. I think the gray market definitely is a gray area depending mm -hmm. on where you live and what it is you're using it for. So it's interesting. It's interesting how there's always like some area in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of an ambiguous conversation. I've got an even more ambiguous conversation. Let's do it. Have you heard the argument that we could potentially be living in a simulation i have okay for those of you who haven't the concept comes from the idea that we have the capability to run simulations on our own we have flight simulators and world simulators we can simulate different things in our with yeah. our computers now and conceptually later in the future we'll have computers powerful enough to simulate entire universes right and because computing power is just growing exponentially in our world so if that is the case well, maybe it's already happened so if that's the case you wouldn't necessarily have to simulate everything all the time forever like every single molecule and every single star and every single person mm -hmm. and every single strand of hair all the time always right you would only have to simulate the thing that your virtual human is looking at right for example in a chair you wouldn't have to always simulate every molecule you would just have to simulate those molecules when they decide to cut the chair open and look at it right or in the night sky you could just make them 
pieces of light right until they get out the micro the the huge telescope and then you have to zoom in and make them galaxies but you alter the computing power depending on what's being looked at right theoretically if we're in a simulation you and i are just empty shells right now right until we're cut open and then they start to like create the organs and the blood and all the stuff that's inside of us so the minimum requirement is really just uh computing the consciousness of the virtual humans that are in this simulation right and if you haven't already gathered this is about to get a little heady (laughs) (laughs) so buckle up because there are five conditions that would need to be met and if we theoretically accept that these conditions have or could be met then we are living in a simulation and these are kind of um originally based on the this guy named nick bostrom so number one is it possible to simulate consciousness and this is a really big question because we don't even know what consciousness is right we've we've talked a little bit about it on this podcast is it the brain is it something outside of the brain is it quantifiable right could you theoretically store it so let's say for the purposes of this conversation that consciousness is the brain and so if you take every synapse interaction and say that's one operation that a computer would have to a computer would have to do then every second there are 100 million billion synapse interactions so that would be every second 100 million billion operations or 10 to the 17th uh, let's just round that up to 10 to the 20th okay because there's likely more that are happening to to like facilitate movement right. and and comprehend the vast stretches of the universe and things like that so 10 to the 20th is equal to one second of consciousness okay are you with me so far yes okay so that's one human for one second yep. but we want to do all of human history right. all at one time because we as the simulator runners want to be able to go to 1920 and then to 3000 bc right and then to 2173 and be able to access any human at any point in time with no lag because it's the future why not (laughs) so that total is about 200 billion humans okay and if we take the average lifespan over that time that's about 50 years right and one year is about 300 million seconds right so then if we take all the components of all those parts of the equation that's 300 million for the one year yeah 50 for the number of years 200 billion for the number of humans and 10 to the 20th for the number of operations right and that gives us uh 3e plus 40 which is equal to a million trillion 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 (laughs) operations per second that's a lot <laughs> so we would theoretically need to have a computer that can facilitate a million trillion 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 operations per second which i think is a one with 40 zeros after it <laughs> just for your context that's insane which is more operations than there are stars in the observable universe so well. Wow. In our world as we understand it right now, you might think, that's hilarious. There's no way a computer could ever do that. But if you think about how far computers have gone in just the last 50 years, 
And then you think about how much time humans have been exact been around. Choose however long. Right. It really doesn't matter for the context of what I'm going to say. We have had computers for a tiny little fraction right. of human existence, and we have done we have made leaps and bounds in their progress in just the tiny little fraction that we've used them. And so imagine if we as humans or any other intelligent life force had had computers for another 100,000 years. Right. How much more could we do with them? How much more capable right. and powerful could we make them in 100,000 years right. of computing power? Totally. I think we could make a computer that could make a million, trillion, trillion, trillion operations in yeah. a second. Because right now, like, I mean, computers have been around for 50, 60 years. In their modern they're, form. They're about, yeah. Um, and our computers now, like, the fastest consumer computer chip um, is 5 gigahertz, let's say, like, if it's overclocked and powerful. Um, and that means that it does, you know, uh, a cycle of a computer is a hertz. So that's one cycle of fetching an instruction and then executing it. So an operation. Mm -hmm. um, so that means a 5 gigahertz processor will do 5 billion operations per second, which is like a lot. Like it's not that's 1 million, trillion, million, million, whatever you say. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a significant amount. Like 5 billion is a lot. And then say you like build a server farm and you like have, you know, 40 of them or 50 of them or 100 of them. Yeah. And you can distribute that. Then you're, you know, at, uh, 500 billion that's a lot of operations so yeah. i would say in a certain amount of time it is possible to get to that point right and then we start talking about things like quantum computers which can do operations on the scale that our current computers yep. can only dream of right based on science that we're not really good to get into in this because we don't understand it <laughs> it's okay it's basically like so in quantum physics, multiple things are happening at yes. the same time because not, of superposition. Yeah, it's not binary. Right. And so quantum computers manipulate superposition yep. to do multiple operations at the same time Correct. rather than a computer that just does one operation right. at one time. So you might be able to do six or eight or 12 things in the time it would take a computer to do one. One. Yep. Right. Anyway, that's another possibility of how this could yep. theoretically be possible. My point is... Just because it's an enormous number that I came up with doesn't mean that it's impossible. Right. So, assumption number two, technological process isn't going to stop. That's kind of what we've been talking yep. about with, like, high-end quantum computers. There's also this thing called... Oh, man, I even practiced the <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> Matro... Matryoshka? Like yes. the nesting dolls. Yes. Yeah. Matryoshka's brain, uh -huh. which is a really complex um, theoretical computer that you build around a star. Oh. <laughs> so it's kind of like a Dyson sphere, uh -huh. which I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show, actually. Yes. And so you build this computer around a star to harness all of the radioactive energy from the star, and then the the amount of energy that a star puts off is just ridiculous. It's a lot. It's so much. So you harness all the energy and computing power from this theoretical supercomputer, and it would be able to basically do any computer computing necessary. Right. So 
theoretically in a like weird technological futury way tech th this is possible so we have come to the conclusion that theoretically life could be simulated right now we come to the assumption assumptions based on would it be so assumption number three advanced civilizations don't destroy themselves this gets into a lot of other mm. complicated questions like why aren't why don't we see aliens right if there's billions of habitable planets in only our observable universe let alone outside of that why don't we see other life right. forms and may the my my main construct for like answering this question is great filters yes um so the the concept of this is that there is some filter something that life forms have to pass through right. at some point that makes it difficult to evolve yeah and for life to exist for life to yeah. exist and so there's a couple of theories well there's actually two one is that the filter is behind us right that somewhere somewhere along the way we got through the filter and we did something that's really really difficult to do right and so we made it through we're one of the really rare circumstances right which is why there's nothing else out there. Right. One of the other possibilities is that the filter is ahead of us. And that's a little more sad to think about. Yeah. Because we are coming up on something like like life ending climate change. Right. Or like when we finally become smart enough, we end up destroying our own planet because of AI or uh nuclear war right. or something and that inevitably life pretty much always does this to itself before it has time to get out of its own solar system right. and explore the universe right and that this is a fundamental truth of the universe is right. that life grows expands and then destroys itself right and that the field filter is ahead of us so Hopefully the filter is behind us. Hopefully. Or the filter doesn't exist. Right. But that's kind of the theory behind why there aren't a lot of aliens. Mm. Why don't we why why we don't see a lot of them? Right. Or any of or them. Or any of them. <laughs> I, I why see a few we're completely aliens. alone in this entire huge universe. <laughs> um so assumption number four. Super advanced civilizations even want to run sim simulations. So if there is a civilization out there that could run a simulation of a million, trillion, trillion, trillion operations a second, they're vastly more intelligent than us. Right. And they've achieved things that we could only dream of. It's kind of ridiculous for us to assume that we know what they would want. Right. Like to run simulations of our like peasant earth minds. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the equivalent of us running simulations on ants right which to be fair we do <laughs> we do in some ways we have yeah. ant farms yeah. and scientists study ants and yeah. things like that but it's not a big part of our life right it's like uh you know a small percentage of the total scientific work right and so it would probably be similar to like us trying or it would probably be similar to us trying to explain our whole human life to an ant right because we would be experienced we would become experienced or knowledgeable to this other great 
alien civilization and they would try to explain it to us and it would be the equivalent of us explaining our world with love and ex- excitement and podcasts to an ant. Right. And they just could not physically right. understand it. So that's difficult. But if we assume that assumptions, if we come to the conclusion that assumptions one through three are correct, then there's a a non-zero possibility that we are, in fact, living in a simulation. Right. Because we've concluded that it's possible, we've concluded that aliens could exist, and we've concluded that they do want to run simulations. So, if they have the possibility, the interest, and that they exist, it's it's probable that they do. Right. And if they have access to basically unlimited computing power and they run simulations, they probably run a lot of them. Because when we run simulations, we run basically every potential outcome. Right. So they probably do the same thing, which probably means trillions and trillions of consciousnesses that exist in the universe. Right. So the statistical likelihood of all the consciousnesses that exist in the universe, us being one of the few that are not a simulation, is actually kind of low. Yeah. So if you think about it and accept all of those previous assumptions, we are probably in a simulation. Right. The odds are good. The odds are good that we are in a simulation. Obviously, we can't test any of these simulations or, or, sorry, any of these assumptions. Right. So you just kind of have to live with it or or deny some of these assumptions and and accept it. Right. Or deny it. So, yeah. What do you think? Are we in a simulation? I think my answer would be no. Because okay. the assumption that falls apart for me is the great filter one. Mm. I think mm, I think the great filter does exist. I don't have a guess on where we're at in it. You don't have a guess? No, I, well, I would probably guess we're past it. If I like had a gun to my head, that's what I would say. Um, but I do think there is a reason that there's not other like life that's been discovered, and I think it probably is the great filter. And so I would say that we are the most advanced form of life in the universe that exists. And so maybe someone else in one of our simulations someday will ask if we're living in a simulation, if they're living in a simulation. And we'll be sitting here, like, watching them, like, trying to decide if we should tell them they are or not. Mm. (laughs) But no, I don't think that we are because of that. I think that the Great Filter does exist. I think that we're past it. But nothing else has made it past that yet. Yeah, I agree. I I agree that with that assumption, the whole thing breaks down. If we are the most advanced thing that exists in the universe, there's no way that we could be in a simulation. But it's also crazy to think about how vastly enormous the universe yeah. is and if that's true we really are alone right which like it's terrifying we that's a that's a big place and we are yeah. a small tiny little place uh-huh. in that big old place yeah so we have got a lot of exploring to do yeah in that case i feel that it is truly our duty, duty. we have an obligation to stay alive right. we need to not destroy each other right and we need to explore the universe yep it would just be such a shame if we are the 
only things that exist in the whole wide universe and we just like kill each other right that would suck that would suck man uh <laughs> so let's not do let's that, not then, do right? that okay i love okay, this everyone? conversation because i'm watching the expanse right now i don't know if you've ever seen i want to i think i'm thinking about starting oh dude it. it's such a good show and it has just bloomed but i'm kind of at the point that's relevant to this conversation mm. and like they've kind of got their own great filter in this universe and mm. it's like it's so like terrifying like watching how humanity reacts to that and in this universe they're kind of at this point where i'm at in the show they're kind of believing that the filter's ahead of them mm. and like it's coming soon and so it's so like enthralling to watch it's such a good show so i would recommend you it can to you for me. sure yeah start it. it's so good <laughs> okay last thing i have is quick and fun much less heady yes that was intense <laughs> yeah so for those of you still here you can play along yes I'm going to ask Isaiah some questions. He's going to have to describe them in one word. It's really simple. So, describe the sun in one word. Hot. <laughs> describe your in-laws in one word. Uh, parents. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> you really dodged the bullet there. You could, have, you could have said a lot of different things, but you went with a fact. Yes. That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> um... Describe yourself in one word. Uh, <laughs> these are hard questions. <laughs> body. That's what you're going to go with. Yep. Body. Yep. You could describe anyone in one word with the word body. Yeah. It's the first word that came to mind. The one before it was describe the person on your left, which I guess would technically be me in Friend. one word. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go with body. <laughs> Describe your breakfast today in one word. Cheerios. <laughs> Did you have milk? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's it was uh, actually peanut butter chocolate Cheerios, which are great. Wow. Mm -hmm. I didn't know those existed. I think they're new. They're delicious. Okay. Um, describe your house in one word. Mm, brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's really accurate. All of the rooms in my house, except for the one that we've painted, are brown everything. Like brown doors. Brown trim, brown walls, brown carpet, brown ceiling. But you bought it that way. It's not intentional. It's, it's changing slowly, so that's yeah. nice. Uh, describe England in one word. <laughs> Tea. <laughs> <laughs> that is a vast oversimplification, but I guess that's what this, that's whole, what exercise this whole thing is. is. <laughs> if you had to choose a second word for England, what would it be? Queen. Interesting. Yeah. So you're just going with like buzzwords. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Describe your weekend in one word. Work. Mm. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> yeah, but that's every weekend, really. Yep. Classic. Mm. I should have seen that one coming. Yep. Describe your fashion style in one word. Uh, fluctuating. Really? Yeah. I would have said black. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> right now, yes, I'm wearing all black. You always wear all black. I, well, it's because that's all I own right now. But as well, uh, I've gone through cycles. Like, I was kind of in like a, I don't know, for a while I was in just like a homeschooler fashion when I was homeschooled yeah. and didn't know any better. So thankfully I've moved out of that phase. I remember those days. Um, and for a while I was kind of in like the like 2000s punk, yeah, like man. growing Converse and skinny jeans with pears in them, all that kind of stuff. And I don't really know how I describe my style right now. Like, it's just 
I don't know. It's in flux. Every time I buy clothes, it's in a different style than what I have. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll settle on something someday. I usually see you in very, like, practical yeah. clothing. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what you always wear. Not usually, no. I mean, typically when we hang out, we're just doing stuff. We're right. not, like, going out to, like, dress up. and Not go. a night on yeah. the town. Right. Right. So I wear different things when I go out. But I don't know. I'm, like, I think I'm still developing like what my style is hmm. i was actually looking at i don't know if you've heard of stitch fix yeah uh, so i was actually looking at stitch fix and i got to the point where they wanted me to pay for it and i realized how expensive it was hmm. and i was like no i'm just gonna go on your instagram page and steal the outfits from the instagram page <laughs> that's probably a better idea but, yeah is to just use them to narrow down your totally. style yeah to see what you like and i like a lot of different styles i just don't know like what works best for me and the issue i have is for some reason, I'm really hard on clothes. So like nice, fashionable, mm-hmm. expensive stuff, I don't want to wear because I just destroy stuff. So I'm still trying to find the balance between like practical and functional and also, you know, nice style. Yeah. So we're getting there. We should do a fashion episode sometime. That could be fun. and <laughs> be very different from our normal episodes. That's true. <laughs> okay. Describe your car in one word. Camping. Okay. Yeah. Um, for the, for the record, Isaiah has a Jeep. Yeah. And we go over landing a lot, which you can hear in any of our past episodes. Pretty much <laughs> all of them. Probably all of them. <laughs> Describe America in one word. Uh, cracked. Mm, I'll let that one sit Deep. for a minute. Yep. <laughs> Describe food in one word. Tacos. <laughs> i've got taco bell in the brain y'all there's something about recording this podcast because we typically record late in the evening which we're not today we were started recording in the afternoon but usually after we finish recording we go and get like a late dinner this is like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and as you can expect one of the like three places that's open at that time is taco bell so we eat a lot of taco bell mm-hmm. and now that we're recording taco bell early i'm riley was noting it's like a pavlovian effect where we started recording and i started craving taco bell so we might have to get some Taco Bell, but anyway. <laughs> so you said food because that's what you're hungry for right now. Tacos, In the yes. wide concept of food. Tacos. Still tacos. <laughs> tacos are a pretty good food. They are a good food. To represent food. Yes, they are. I would agree. Describe school in one word. Constraining. Mm. Describe work in one word. Fun. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here. <laughs> Describe color in one word. Light. It's a toughie. Oh, you got me with a technicality there. <laughs> Describe beauty in one word. Oh, deep. <laughs> hmm. You just say your wife's name and get out of oh, it oh that would have been smart i paused too long for that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i'm trying to think of something that covers everything incalculable okay <laughs> uh okay describe your ideal car in one word jeep <laughs> okay you've already made it yeah okay this is my dream car man. great describe the most fun you could ever have in one word <laughs> uh, that's a hard one 
That's four words. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm glad that's not your answer, too. <laughs> uh, friends. I'll say friends. Okay. Second word would be war zone. <laughs> Gosh. You've got a problem. Hey, friends and war zone is a great time. What well, I don't I play war zone with you, so you what should I'm... start. Well, I'm that's a different conversation. Yep. We'll have that off off the podcast. <laughs> Describe pain in one word. Mm. Doctor. Wow. Yeah. Because doctors inflict pain or because you go to a doctor when <laughs> you have pain? <laughs> Both. Interesting. Yeah. Last one. Describe boredom in one word. Facebook. That's two words, I guess. No, it's not. Sure it is. Well. You mean a book of faces or <laughs> social media? Social media. Okay. Yeah, that's one word. A book of faces. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's all I've got. If you would like to describe this podcast in one word, email us a single word. It better be great. Just, yeah, just email us the subject with one word yep. and nothing in nothing the, in the body to, in the body of the email when it asks if you're sure push yes <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you for listening to i heard it on a podcast we've got new episodes on mondays and wednesdays and you can find them everywhere you get podcasts everywhere. um if you like what you heard today about really deep complex conversations and you're noticing a pattern that that's what we talk about uh send it to someone who also likes patterns of deep complex conversations because uh we'll be friends yep as always you can reach us at i heard it on a podcast at gmail.com i feel like we're really inconsistent to our audience because we have episodes like this where it's like it'll make you think for like hours afterwards and like do more research and then we have episodes like that one a couple weeks ago when it was just like let's rank candy <laughs> <laughs>